Hey everybody and welcome back to this week's episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and joining me as always, the Brothers of Destruction and my good buddies. Hey everybody, it's Nathan, just chilling here, ready to talk about Fallout 3. Hey, it's your buddy 3Dog, just kidding, I haven't met that character yet, I just knew the name. It's Willie, how's it going? <laughs> you haven't met 3Dog yet? Man, you should nice? tune in to Galaxy News Radio, you'll hear 3Dog's voice all over that, baby. So far, there's been pretty bad reception for the radio from yeah, where I've been. Yeah, I feel the same way. The only one I can really get is the America radio. It's like... Doo, 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 Enclave. Yeah. To shut the hell up. You get the Marine Corps hell, uh, hymn and shit yeah, like that. Fuck. The Enclave. Fuck the Enclave. The- I haven't met him yet, but I was kind of getting the vibe that they were um, big talk. Yeah. Oh, oh, they're big walk, too. Oh, they're big okay. walk, too. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. But yes, move us on into the show. Yes, um, this week we have delved into Fallout 3 a bit. I figured we'd do our first thoughts on it. Since it's going to be a long one, it's going to be a multi-part. We're going to be throwing some short games in between the Fallout episodes. Which, uh, real quick, right off the bat, I do believe that our next episode is going to be Duke Nukem Manhattan Project. Can I just play that Teenage Mutant so Ninja get- Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project? Getting a lot of nuclear radiation themed stuff in one after hey. another. Huh? <laughs> I, I, I guess so, yeah. Um, so that should be interesting. That's the last short game poll that won. It's going to be weird making another short game poll because um, I haven't in a while. I haven't had to since uh, since old Dragon Quest. Yeah. And might I ask, real quick, gentlemen, have you looked at the poll lately? The the regular poll. No. Why do you say it in such a strange I way? I gotta go Hold look on. at that right now. Huh? All right, that is actually nowhere near the result no. I was expecting. Okay. Me neither. Me <laughs> neither. I was fully expecting Metal Gear to yeah. slide forward. Uh, but usually the big brand names, especially the ones that are from consoles too, you expect to see huge. So, um so, good yeah, on you, voters. Yeah. I like what you're doing. Not only is that a nice long JRPG. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's also, like, a critically acclaimed and loved series, like, fans and critics alike, and uh, that's the first game. It's the very first game in the series. So Nice. Yeah, I just thought the moment Metal Gear showed up that, honestly, you know... Oh, dude, I was right there with you. I was like, oh, man, like, Legend of Heroes would be cool, but obviously Sons of Liberty's gonna... No. No, with, like, resoundingly so far... uh, it's looking like Legend of Heroes is going to firmly win that, but guess, we'll see. I guess it's, they didn't want to make us play. That gives game. me a little more. Gives me a little bit more faith in democracy. Enclave music starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Before we get into some some Enclave and Fallout Three talk, um, I got news. Actually, you know what? Before we get into that, because I, I I you're holding it, so like I have to bring it up, Nate. I believe there's something that you wanted to bring up, my good sir. Yeah, so earlier today, well, I guess Tuesday at the time of this recording, Idris Elba tweeted out just knock knock and a picture of Knuckles' fist. So we finally have confirmation that Knuckles, A, is definitely in the Sonic 2 movie, B, he's being played by Idris Elba, and C, I'm so ready to watch this movie tomorrow even though it doesn't come out until April of 2022. Like, I'll... Idris Elba is a fantastic actor, and I love the choice for Knuckles. Knuckles is my favorite character in the Sonic series, so like, 
it's all coming together to be a beautiful, perfect storm. And plus, we get more Jim Carrey Robotnik. What more can you want? I'm stoked for this movie. Now, um, you were a fan of the first one, I assume. Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay, so it's it's worth me watching because I I haven't seen it, but like I have this weird nostalgia with Sonic that I was never good at it, but I had it on Game Gear and I really liked playing it, even though I sucked at it. So. I love Sonic, even though I'm absolute garbage <laughs> at playing it. The Game Gear games had some rough moments, too. Like, they, they were not as easy to get good at as the 16. For sure. For sure. If there's a Sonic game I think anyone should start with, it'd be Sonic 2 for the Genesis. The Genesis version, yeah. Yeah, And uh, the next Sonic that I played after that was Mania. Oh, Mania's wonderful. Well, Which is is good, but still I'm awful at it. But I never, I never did take the time to get good at it, so... Um, That'll be that'll be maybe a cool episode to do on the show. Um, oh, I <laughs> Nate's over there thinking, why didn't I do that last time instead of God of Roboto? I mean, it is available on Epic. Did, I think we all got it for free, didn't we? So, yeah, yep. I, I have a, co- so I have a copy. That's on the list somewhere. now, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't have Plus, but I do have Sonic Mania for Steam or for Epic. Yeah, I don't have the Plus either, but I do have the the base game. So I had. I had it for the Switch. I've actually bought a physical copy of it for a Switch that came with the DLC. And then when it came out free on Epic, I went ahead and picked the free game up on Epic and then bought the DLC for it just so I could play it on my PC too. <laughs> was that uh, LRG, LRG that did that? Or uh, Limited Run? Was that Limited Run no, that did that? No, they actually or was got it... a real release on Switch. Oh, okay, that's cool. They got a real uh, physical release for Switch. It's not one of the fake, um, what do you call it, um, artificial... Um, scarcity model of business. It's an actual released copy of the game. Dude, I kind of felt bad the other day in the <laughs> shout out Tadpog, uh, Tab on Dave Play All Games, in the Tadpog Discord, the Game Buds chat. Like, there was this conversation going on about limited run games. And I said, man, fuck limited run games. Their whole business model is artificial scarcity, and that's bullshit. And end of conversation. Like, no one else replied. I think that's the last thing said in that channel. And I was like, oh, I didn't mean to, like, shut the whole thing down. I but what it's worth, I kind of agree I think it, it's with you. <laughs> I think it's complicated because I think it's fun to be able to collect a physical edition of a game that wouldn't regularly get a physical edition. But when it keeps happening and it's the games you wanted to buy over and over again, you start to feel a weird pressure about it. So and also my, think my, they, they still do the thing where people buy them and then sell them. They buy them for the express pop the purpose just to sell them, which mm-hmm. is obnoxious. Which yeah, I'll admit, I did the same thing with, because um, they did that limited run of Super Mario 3D All-Stars for the Switch, so I picked up the physical copy. It's worth less now than it was when it came out. <laughs> Damn. Uh, one of the, actually, this is probably the game, whenever it's my cho- my my pick for the month. Um, it is called Battle Chef Brigade. I believe you've heard me. Yeah, you mentioned that. Rant talked about yes. it before. Yeah. Um, limited run did a release of that a physical release and um when i was buying my switch i was like oh man I w-, but it sold out and i think it had sold out like i think it was before i had you know it was long before gone but like on ebay or it was at amazon it was one of the two man there was a copy of it for 75 dollars and the Ooh. digital version is 20 yeah or 15 I, or something like that i honestly expected like, you uh, to say a bigger number than 75 <laughs> But even still, like the digital game only being like fifteen bucks, twenty bucks, I was like, ah, dude, I can't, I can't make myself spend seventy five on this, I get especially it. since it's like 
I don't know if it's going to come complete with all the stuff. I don't know if it's just the game in the case and they're going to keep all the extra shit. I don't I don't know. I just I couldn't bring myself to do it and it was like, man, how much uh, so my my issue is more so like if they did that and tried to combat bots more uh, or like, you know, the people who just set up shit to buy it as soon as it goes live and then they turn around and sell it. That's like how those people make money. Like uh I watched it, and there's an interview on YouTube with the Doug from Limited Run Games, and he's talking to Metal Jesus, and Metal Jesus and Reggie are uh, interviewing him. And I just got the vibe from the guy that, like, yeah, he's a gamer, and yeah, he's passionate, but at some point, like, they started really liking the money that they were making because he was talking about how, like, there's these systems that they try to implement to keep bots from doing it and everything, but, at, like, he's like, in the end of the day, like, He's basically saying, like, at the end of the day, we we make money off that. So, like, what do you really want us to do about it? Like, at least that's the vibe I got, and I could be I could be interpreting it wrong. I mean, you know? from a business standpoint, it makes sense just to get the money from whoever gives it to you. I mean, honestly, like, it sucks, but I work for I work in corporate America. I kind of get it. You just kind of want to bring the revenue in. You don't really mind too much where it comes from, which sucks. But but I think that limited run games gets a bit of an unfair reputation too because i think people almost accuse them of playing it up for the scalper market and like obviously that's ridiculous they get paid the mm-hmm. same amount whether it's a regular sale they don't make more money when some a scalper resells it so it's like it's not a malicious thing they're doing something that was making a lot of people's dreams come true it's the fact that it's happened enough times over and over again that like now it's become something people view as a commodity. And I think that's a sickness of the consumer society rather than of the producers. And yeah, there are more short, or more safeguards they could take to make sure it's less abusable, to make sure it goes to the players that really want the game because they love the game. But I don't know. I feel like uh, sometimes the criticism of the company comes off as a little half-baked too because don't, they don't make anything else for getting resale. You know? Uh, like, I think that... It's not like they're... You know, it's not malice; it's a lack of force. Oh, I think the scalpers are more more to blame than limited oh, run themselves. Like, yeah. abs- like, to- yeah, totally. Like, but um, it just—I don't know. It bothered like the whole. We're gonna release this, but we're only gonna release a hundred. It's what is it? Was it FOMO? Yeah. I think it's fear <laughs> yeah. of missing out. It's it's like I don't know. That that's always been sketchy to me. That's all. I mean, it's the same thing as cryptocurrency, but at least you get a physical thing. Yeah, this is true. What, what was? Oh, what was it? Uh. They said that cryptocurrency is just a guy's version of like the little crystals that girls get. Oh, or the precious moment dolls. Oh yeah, or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like that's. Just, it's like it's like yeah, you have it, and it might be worth something someday, but probably not. <laughs> that's my NES <laughs> games, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I looked through all of my retro games one day, and I have one game that's worth shit, and it's Fantasy Star for Sega Masters that's it like all my other ones are like yeah loot because they're all loose all my Nintendo games are loose like because who they didn't save boxes that doesn't seem that much of a problem anymore honestly loose games are selling for quite a lot as long as they're in good condition like yeah you get more for a complete or you get more for unopened obviously but like even loose games are going for like you gotta lose Earthbound you gotta yeah because we've had Teenage Mutant Ninja Tournament the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters for the NES since we were kids probably paid no more than five dollars for it and it is the closest game I have now to being worth two hundred dollars. Wow, yeah, that's, that's a good bit, dude. That's a good bit. Loose, loose. Damn. Yeah. Just loose. Yeah. See, like, 
they didn't keep boxes and shit uh, like whoever the NES was. I think it was my dad's. Nobody kept NES boxes and back then. It's so rare all, to find them. All of my games are in really good condition except one. There's one that has the label all fucked up and stuff and that is Stanley in the Search for Dr. Livingston. <laughs> That's <laughs> the one that the, like the label's half torn off and all fucked up but it's still a good game and I still like to play it. You got it from a yard sale, and it's a weird, creepy pasta game that kills your family if you play it. <laughs> Man. Oh, dude, did I ever tell you guys that, like, when I started this podcast, there was going to be two things. It was going to be a video gaming podcast, and it was going to be an ARG about me and Ryan being stuck in this machine that won't let us out until we play every game in the backlog of the machine, <laughs> right? And that okay. idea got nixed. Um when you did the math and realized there were 10 bazillion games on Steam? No, because at the time, my backlog was only at about 800. Uh, and 800 games divided by 52 games in a year is still 17 years of games, roughly, if my mental math is correct. Oh, yeah, Ryan used to tell me all the time. He's like, well, with this new bundle you got, we're up to uh, 19 years worth of content. I'd be like, cool, man. Like, What the fuck else do we have to do? <laughs> It's a hobby. The end user playing the ARG is like, I'm, I'm never getting these fools out of their damn machine. They're just stuck there. Yeah. And, and it, I just wanted to make it fun. I was going to hide things in episodes and things like that. And uh, if you go back and listen to the very first episode, the intro is like, greetings. Welcome. Come in. Come in. Um, there are many writs of wonder here for you, you who have just decided to enter the steam machine. Please come inside, pick a number, and enjoy your stay. And then it dropped into a song. Well, Ryan told me that he had uh, sent that to a couple of his friends, and they didn't like it or whatever. And in, in retrospect, I think he probably showed it to his girlfriend, and they didn't like it. And then they told me <laughs> he told me that, so I would change it. But uh, in, e- in either case... Um, we ended up with the song we have now, which is, I like to think is catchy. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and uh, the, the ARG thing in my head went to the wayside, but it was an Oh, idea. I've been leaving cryptic hints in every episode I've been in since Doom 2, but I don't know about <laughs> you guys. <laughs> these, these weird audio signatures that you have to play through a telegram machine, telegraph machine, I, whatever. <laughs> whatever the fuck I'm trying to say. Anyway, uh... There was, I read about, a canceled Power Rangers game that I am now yeah. upset because I know it exists. I didn't know it existed, but now that I know it existed and got canceled, I'm upset. It was going to be a co-op Power Rangers game with Arkham-style combat. like the. Uh, Wait, so when would this have been? Uh, You know what? Yeah, because I saw your notes for this, I was expecting you to say something for like the Sega Genesis. Super yeah. Nintendo, or, yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. This was, like, recent as shit. Huh. Here, this piece... Yep. Cancelled Power Rangers game would have been Arkham-like co-op brawler. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was cancelled this year. Was that recent? Holy crap. Wait, was this was it based on, the, like, that, like, edgy Power Rangers reboot that came out a little while back, or...? Uh, it, it could have been, because it was... Huh. Okay, no, I'm sorry. 2016. Oh. That's still relatively... Yeah, that's like ni- that's not 1994, you know. Yeah. He had hoped Bitbus Devs is an ambitious open world co-op that captured energy teamwork and the history of the franchise through a fresh lens, basically Arkham Rangers. But yeah, it got canceled, dude. That 
so have either of you ever played any of the Batman Arkham games? Nope. Brief, briefly, but not like, not any length. Okay, so there's two things that I that I have to say about the combat in that game is that it's fluid. Yeah. And it's meaty. And what I mean by meaty is when you punch somebody, like it feels like you just punched the fuck out of somebody. You know, some games like when you hit them or like you shoot a gun, it kind of doesn't feel like there's any kick or like you punch them and there's kind of no reaction. No, if you crack somebody in the face and and arc them, like they're going to react and it's going to make a sound. It's going to, you know, you hit them. Yeah, because I remember watching Palsh actually stream one of the um, Arkham games, and it looked pretty freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, I love how, like, the um, uh, mooks and stuff react with, like, fear. You can see their heart rate go up and stuff. Like, but the, I don't know, all, you get to do a lot more Batman than just punching guys Batman or just bat, uh, gadgets Batman. Like, there's, it, it feels like you can play the game in a bunch of different ways. But this started my mind rolling about, like, what... I would do for a Power Rangers game because I was a huge Power Rangers mark growing up. Loved them. Uh, to this day, I will still watch Power Rangers. Like, shit holds up in a nostalgia, it's so bad, it's good kind of way. Um, I like, just randomly, I like watching the original Power Rangers series that I used to watch back in the day and seeing where they would edit in Super Sentai and then the American stuff. Like, it was a vast... Like, the camera... Anytime you saw Rita Repulsa, she was some Japanese lady who was speaking in, mm. you know, the, the the native tongue and being dubbed over. And I never noticed that as a kid, but now, oh my God, it's so obvious yeah. that she is, like, super dubbed over. And, like, most of the enemies and stuff, but then it's like, they'll show the... uh I'll say, like, the, the white kids... Like doing their thing, and I can't say that because there was a Black Ranger, and I think it, Yellow it, it, Ranger the Asian girl, lady. the Yellow Ranger, Asian. So, the American version, I'll say then, um, they would do their form, and it would show them turn into the Power Rangers, and then it would cut to the fighting. But the fighting was actually from the Japanese show. You call it the American version, but wasn't the Pink Ranger Canadian? Was she the actress that played her? I thought so, but I might oh, be wrong. But but her character was from America. <laughs> I'm just splitting hairs and being a jerk now. <laughs> I'll say now we're pulling straws, sir. <laughs> but like it, it started me thinking like if you were going to do a Power Rangers game how would I do it and I think I would do definitely Arkham style combat um, I don't know if I'd make it co-op I might make it a party brawler where maybe like if you were going out and doing stuff but I would like to have it be almost Persona-esque not in combat but like world building building a party building like going and doing these slice of life things like maybe going to the beach and hanging out with the the crew when you're not in power ranger form like in trying to live a life as a high school student or whatever while you're also trying to balance being a fucking world saving power ranger and the the stresses that that would build on and that could be these story arcs and character arcs for like how they're handling going through this and trying to graduate all at the same time and um, yeah, just like hanging out at the juice bar at, what was it, Angel Beach, California? Is that where the original Power Rangers was supposed to take place? I believe so. Something like that. Um, but then having like Zordon, and you're having to go and talk to him, and then fighting like Rita Repulsa, or the, the dude who was slinging lean, was it Ivan Ooze? Got that perp. Yeah, got that that perp in a cup, man. He got a cough syrup in a bottle, kids, come get it. <laughs> I feel so uncreative because, like, if you ask me what my idea for, like, if you had to make a Power Rangers game today, would you be, but lean hard in the retro, make a 1995 looking 16 bit 
Streets nope. of Rage. That's exactly what I think, That's not where my brain goes at all. That's why. The, the, it's like, get the I same mean, people who are making... Your brain's oh, working harder. I was going to get the Go. same people who are making Shredder's Revenge making a Power Ranger game. Yeah, yeah. And if anybody were going to do it, yeah, I would say that that Turtles reboot thing, like, it would... Those people should do it. Um, but... Especially if we can get Mike Patton from <laughs> the Power Rangers theme. But, dude, I think you take Power Rangers, hand them to the studio. Was it Rocksteady that did the Batman games, I believe? Hand it to them. Let them fucking do it. And I think it would be great. Um, obviously, they wouldn't. They probably wouldn't do the slice of life stuff that I'm talking about. That's just my own fantasy type thing. But like, it's a neat idea to make like almost like an action RPG. You know what I mean? Where you're like, yeah, you, you see them from when they became the Power Rangers to like how they evolve into defeating the baddie at the end whatever you know um or you could even do it in segments where like you know for 10 hours you play an arc of the original rangers and then you go into like the turbo force or the dino force or all these different power rangers that they've done and maybe they all conglomerate and combine at the end and then you could build your super team to go take on the big big baddie that's trying to destroy all of the timelines you know, there's there's different things that you could do with it, but what do I know? I'm just a dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would play your Power Rangers Persona game. That actually sounds kind of dope. I just think there's there's a lot that could could be done with Power Rangers that never they've never really capitalized on it. You know what I mean? Like there was a couple games. Like I had a Power Rangers game for Genesis, not Genesis. Um, Game uh, Gear. All the Power Rangers video games, as far as I remember, almost all the gameplay was either. You are in your Power Rangers costume, or you're in your Zord. That's it. There wasn't a lot of uh, the characters and, behind it. And it was so, like a fighting game. I think it's a cool yeah, concept. Like, yeah. Um, the one I had on Game Gear was very strange. It was like a fighting game, but then like kind of like a beat 'em up. But it was mostly a fighting game. It was very strange. You know, out of all the series we loved as a kids, I don't remember ever owning a Power Ranger video game. No, we had one for the Game oh, Boy. That's right. <laughs> It wasn't very good. It wasn't as good as like the uh, beat 'em ups for the 16-bit consoles. Man, I had a I had a Game Boy Color, and I had my uh, Game Gear, and I definitely liked the Game Gear more. But damn, that thing ate through some batteries, son. Notorious yeah. for that. Like, and I think I didn't have very many games for it either. I had uh, the shitty Batman game that no one likes. Uh, was it Batman Returns? I think Forever. Is it or Batman Forever? Yeah, that one. The, the one where you couldn't figure out like how to do anything. I never got anywhere in that game because I just couldn't figure it out. Um, I had that. I had Power Rangers. I had Sonic 2. Sonic Sonic and Tails. I think it was Sonic 2. Sounds like it. Uh, yeah, for the Game Gear. And then I had Lion King, which was also hard as fuck. And I think that game still... Isn't that game notoriously hard? I feel like Lion King was so like had slight differences on each platform, but I'm gonna guess that like Sonic Two, it was probably a sculled down version of the Master System port, so it probably was like harder to see where you're going, what you're doing. It wasn't oh. as good looking as the 16-bit version. Yeah, there were there were some people. I think I've seen videos on it where they're like, all all these parts that you did on Super Nintendo that you thought were like really fucking hard, they were like, good luck doing it on Game Gear because. You've got imagine. like a quarter of the screen and you can't see half of the... You're just blind jumping to the next branch to swing on and stuff. It was, it was rough. That's one game I actually have for both the SNES and the Genesis. It might be interesting to do a comparison to see how they feel against each other. That would be cool. 
There's a stream yeah. idea, man. Yeah, there you go. There you go. The king of Lion Kings. <laughs> so, gentlemen. It sounds like a wrestling pay-per-view or something. The king of Lion King of Kings. Oh, the king. Whoa. The Lion King of Hold Kings. Hold on now. The king of Kings is Triple H. Behold the Last king. Time to play the, game. the king of Kings. Yeah, that was one of his new entrance songs. Bow down to the... Bow down to the king. Da, 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 da. It was another Motorhead. Gonna, gonna guess it didn't get as over as uh, the game because that was like easily the. Song. The only thing that came close to his the game entrance was my time. My time was good. My time was. Good. I think, dude, Evolution's theme was even better than my time, in my opinion. Okay, that's. I'll like, allow it. I'll I will allow straight. It. Just put up, put that on a CD and listen to it in the car. Like it's such a that is a legitimately a good Motorhead song. <laughs> and it was Motorhead not trying to do like the speed metal type stuff. Like they slowed it down a little bit. And I, if I remember, I want to post in the show notes. Even though we don't have show notes, but it would be on the website, which would make you want to go there if you want to see what I'm talking about. It's a uh, the Steam Machine Podcast WordPress dot com. And if it's not there, then you could click this uh, this little button on the website called Discord. Come join the Discord, and I might remember to post it in there. But the the video of Motorhead playing the game, um, and while Triple H was coming to the ring at WrestleMania, oh, when they did it, and Lemmy just yeah. didn't yeah. remember the words, did not know the song whatsoever. It's so fucking. Fu- it's all about the game and how you play it. It's all about the game and how you play it. It's all about the game and how you play it. It's all about the game. Oh, and how you play it. Lemmy was in full. I got my patient. <laughs> yeah, he's probably about three bottles of Jack in. You know, he's... <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that... Uh, so we, we always bring it back around to wrestling. I love it. I love it. Oh, speaking of, real quick, you boys were WCW guys. I need to ask you a very important question. Why am I dreading this one? Why was Goldberg so popular? He wasn't. Because... He he burned out pretty quick. He wasn't as Roman Reigns badly pushed as possible, but there was already piped in chance pretty early on where they were trying to make him look bigger than he was. He still was closer to getting organically over than a lot of guys because he always kind of looked really big. But fans, especially in like smarkier towns, burned out on him pretty early. Um, he still, I mean, he was still the biggest like homegrown prospect at yeah. the time short of Diamond Dallas Page but um they they it was a combination of they pulled the trigger too fast and then pulled away from it too quick too cuz the way he lost his first match was abysmal yeah. and um hard to recover from I, and then when they tried to make him a villain that completely didn't work cuz he just did he not have, have big villain energy. he was one of those yeah. I will no. say though that if you go back and watch that match where Scott Hall hits him with the t- the cow prod taser thing. Kevin Nash pins him. When that three hit, the crowd on their feet cheering. Like, they were so happy Kevin Nash won. The it was the was wildest done thing. with the undefeated streak. Like, it was something they pushed and they did yeah. not have a good exit from. And I think that that is yeah. what killed Goldberg but, in the long run. Was because he wasn't bad. He was fun to watch. I liked the spear and jackhammer. Like, those were pretty cool moves. But the problem was is he had that whole undefeated streak looming over him that there was no good exit from yeah okay yeah i mean he had this uh, he had his natural charisma he really did make everything he did look incredibly intense and that was really cool but again the whole time you're watching you're like well how do you beat him and when the answer starts to look like nothing you start to go oh well the only way he's going to lose is bullshit and then when he does lose to bullshit you're like well, I guess that's all we have. But then you've got this guy that you've just told us he can only lose to bullshit. 
he's still in the future supposed to be that strong, right? Yeah. So it like it makes everything look dumb if he just looks like a jabroni next week. So you've still got a guy that's he just got beat and he still looks ridiculously protected. It's the same kind of thing people protested when like whenever Roman Reigns would lose a match and they'd be like, well, yeah, but he's still going to be Roman Reigns next time. Yeah. You know? I was just curious. I was watching uh, the Stone Cold session, uh, the Broken Skull sessions with Stone Cold on the, the Peacock Network, and he had Kevin Nash on. And he was asking him, he was like, now people give you shit for booking that. And Kevin Nash goes, I didn't book that. He goes, I, I wasn't the booker at the time. He goes, you hear that crowd pop? He goes, you think if I was booking and affecting my own money that I would have done the finger poke of doom the week after that? <laughs> yeah. Hell no. He goes, I'd have rode that out. Me and Goldberg would have had a couple more pay-per-views. He's like, and I would have rode that out. We'd have made some money. He goes, instead of just getting poked by Hogan and losing the title the next week. He's like, don't don't blame that shit on me. See, that's an <laughs> even bigger part of the embarrassment of the whole situation was Goldberg finally got beat. And then the guy that beat him just laid down to the god that is Hogan. It's just like, ugh. <laughs> we hated it. <laughs> yeah, it just, it took something that looked like hey, we finally got something homegrown, something new, something that's doing something, and then you kill a dead twice in a row. <laughs> At least he didn't have to take that dreaded leg drop. One, two, two three. three. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Oh, man. Oh, God, I love Shawn Michaels. That's the last thing I'm going to say about the wrestling stuff for today. Is just, God, I love Shawn Michaels. <laughs> is a funny motherfucker. Anyway, gentlemen... You had never played a Fallout game, and you are now delving into the uh, the Capital Wasteland. Yeah, despite the best efforts of the version of the game that's on Steam. Do not buy that oh, version of the because, game. Do not buy the let, Steam version. Yeah, of. just going to go ahead and say Let's that. Let's get into that. Yeah. Dalton was set up to walk us through all this patching, get the game working with the uh, community patch, make sure we had all these available, you know, cool little things to make it play a little bit more modern, make sure it works. The version that they sell on Steam, the Game of the Year edition, even with all that patching, we simply could not get the game to work. Doesn't matter if you're talking uh, community patches, Bethesda-released patches, doesn't matter if you're talking compatibility modes, running it in Windows 7 compatibility mode, running it as an administrator. None of that worked. They sold a game that just, strictly speaking, doesn't work unless you have some arcane knowledge that, frankly, as someone who's just buying an old game because I wanted to play it, we didn't have. Yeah. Uh, Dalton, bless his soul, did his very best to try to make this happen. And after something like three consecutive hours of running through various fan patches and official patches and him just Googling frantically, we just said, hey, we're just going to have to start over and try the GOG install and see what happens. Yeah, so the issue is, and I feel bad because I knew about this and had forgotten. Um or at the beginning, I would have told you to get the GOG version instead. Um, so the version of Fallout 3 on Steam is an older version that still relies on Windows. Uh, games for yeah, Windows Live? Yeah, games for it? Windows Live, which is not a thing anymore. And um, How can you sell it? How do you still sell it then? Well, because technically, like, some, some PC players, like, have PCs to play older games on. Now, not everybody's going to have that like thing, but like there are some people who say they have a PC specifically with Windows 7 on it or something like that for games from that era 
that they would probably be able to buy that, open it up, run it, no problem, because they would have the, that program in there. And there are ways around it, but obviously we tried some, couldn't get it to work. Um, so basically the GOG version, good old games has gone in and patched all that shit out for you already. Like the live yeah. shit is not even there for you to try to uh, click on anymore. In fact, the when we did install the GOG version, the one thing that kept it from working right away was just that we didn't cleanly get rid of the Steam install first. Yeah, and that's... Dude, like, we had... I was, like, getting butthurt uh, when you sent me that your, your fresh GOG version had crashed, too, because I was like, son of a bitch. I know this works. Why is it not working? I was racking my brain. I was like, oh, why? I was like, because I felt defeated. And I'm like, no, I can get these guys' games to work, goddammit. And I did one last Google search, and it was like this dude on a random Reddit post that had been archived was like, "Have you deleted your my games or under like my games folder under documents?" And I went, "Son of a bitch, that's it. The any files are still from the Steam yep. version, so it's still trying to pull old information." But so I asked you guys, I said, "Let's try one more thing," and I had you guys get on, and we deleted those folders. And opened the launcher again, and it rebaked the innies up to what it needed to be. And you were both able to launch the game. I came all in my pants from being satisfied. Um, and and to be fair, after doing that, the patches you wanted to install were really not that difficult to get going. The main thing that was crushing us the first day we tried to do it was the frustration that we couldn't get the damn file to even act like it was working, you know? Yeah. Like, so, uh, unfortunately, the downside of this whole story is we lost two days of what should have been good gameplay to yep. this. The first day, when we were done with it, we, we kept installing the second version of it, and we just, like, left it. Then when we finally did get it installed, neither of us was in much of a mood to do more than create a character and quit. So, um, unfortunately, I do have to go into this episode saying this is a firstest first thoughts episode because I don't think me or Nate got much more than three hours of quality gameplay. Yeah, I mean, we lost some time, but like we said, this is a first impressions episode, so I think that that's okay that we didn't get a stupid amount of distance into it, but I think we still will have plenty to talk about just given the nature of how in-depth the intro is, and all the things oh, we for actually sure. were able to do. I think we'll still have plenty to stay. Yeah, we just, if you're expecting any commentary on, like, uh, factions that are in the game or whatever, we do not get far enough in there to have any opinion on that kind of thing. Yeah, that, and the, the, like, I even where I'm at, and I'm a little bit ahead of you guys, uh, I've only encountered two of the factions that are in the game so far. So, it you'll, uh, you'll get there. But... But once we did get the game open, I'll, I'll go ahead and do the first impressions now that I have a running EXE file. And so you get that game booted up, and you see all these iconic scenes of game. I've never played a Fallout game, but I know enough about gaming just from being a gamer that has gamer friends or whatever. That I see, you know, I don't want to set the world on fire. War. War never changes. Tunnel snakes rule. Like, all that shit is stuff I've heard of. It's, like, baked in the gaming culture and stuff that I just have never played with before. But, like, the moment I'm saying it, I'm like, oh, all of this is from this same game's first, like, 20 minutes. That's incredible. Tunnel snakes. <laughs> Those motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah, this, this game's got a lot of shit because this was a monumental thing. Like, when I first played this, it was on PS3. Like, way, way back. Mm. 
way back and uh it, it it's it's interesting to me now playing it on pc and uh seeing it just look so much better so much better than it did on ps3 because it's just you know like my computer's a better piece of kit than the uh the ps3 was obviously but, but so you go into the beginning uh the little cutscene plays you get the thing that you hear in every fallout game which is war war never changes that is the tagline for the Fallout. So in every Fallout game that we play, in the beginning, you are going to hear that war never changes. Now, fun fact, the dude who narrates that whole thing in the beginning, that whole, uh, well, the narration, Ron Perlman. Ah, that's good Oh, pick. shit. Yeah, like, he's the man. And he does that for three, New Vegas and four, I believe, if I remember correctly. I don't know about one and two. Um... Nice. Yeah, I've never played one and two, but um, so you start off uh, as a wee little baby. You come out your mother's womb. I don't know why I did that in a British accent, <laughs> but uh, you come out your mama. You see your dad's character, <laughs> and that's where you name you name your. Character. Oh, we we've lost Nate. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the dichotomy between you come out your mother's womb to you come out your mama. I mean, that's what happens. Like, you pop out, like, there's your dad. <laughs> and he's like, hello, son. I'm Liam Neeson. <laughs> you pop out, you're still on your court. He catches you. <laughs> um, your dad, played by Liam Neeson. Um, he, that's awesome. I didn't I didn't catch that. So y'all were trying to hint that there were some major voices in the beginning of the game, and I didn't pick up on either Perlman nor Neeson, but that is awesome. Yeah, and uh, that's where you name your character. He's like, oh, honey, what should we name him? And that's what you just type in, whatever. Um, what did you guys name your characters? Nathan, Willie. I'm I boring. think I named mine. Dal- I think I named also, mine Dalton. So look, there you go. Tried to make mine kind of look like myself, and it kind of halfway worked. It's but, hard um, to do. Like I, I took a picture and sent my image of myself to um, our group chat, and like y'all saw it. It's like I don't know how much better I could have done, but it don't look that much like me. <laughs> So, one thing about the creation in this game is the sliders kind of wrestle back against you. Like, if you drag one to an extreme, the other one's kind of all kind of medium over mm-hmm. a little bit. Like, if you try to make your jaw width, like, super wide, it's like, well, I'm going to make it a little less recessed so you don't create a monster. It's like, what if I wanted to create a monster? Well, this isn't, you created a monster. This isn't the monster factory. A monster, but nobody wants to. But, nobody but actually, wants even to. Monster Factory couldn't get that much of a spooky-looking character out of this game. Like, they did do a Fallout 3 episode, I realized, and it wasn't even a character whose image I remembered at all. Yeah, so, I, I, I usually don't try to make myself, like, in games. Um, I never even, like, that thought never even crossed my mind to do it in, in Fallout 3. Like, my, my go-to in, like, all of the Fallout games, the Elder Scrolls games or anything, is, like, long hair, dark hair, beard of some sort. Um, and buff, or uh, like slender, uh, because I, I usually go like uh, like sneaky esque type characters. It's like anime <laughs> twink. Not far off. Not far off. Um, more 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 like I'm trying to think of a good anime character too. For like I don't want. Sorry, it's you're just reading in my head now, or writing from a uh, Metal Gear. Perfect. Picture him with like a dark ponytail, like almost like I've got like. Which, you know, it's weird that, like, nowadays I have dark hair. Because, like, when I was a kid, this shit was blonde. Huh. And huh. it's just, uh, it's gotten dark brown over the years. But 
so I don't ever like think of myself having dark brown hair. I'm always like, oh yeah, I got dirty blonde hair, but like, no, it's totally some some auburn now for sure. <laughs> um, but I usually do like uh, I remembered that Fallout Three's like the creation is like dated compared to some of the newer games because you don't have a lot of choices. You know what I mean? And that's where mods come in if you wanted to add some mods and to have more hairstyles, more face facial hairstyles, that type of thing. Um, but feel like it's too late for my boy at this point he's kind of locked oh yeah, yeah yeah no no no. i don't mean you know i don't mean like that um although if you were to say if you were to add new hairstyle mods there are barbers in the game you know come to think of it though i felt like you got more choices in terms of like facial hair and haircuts than anything else like most everything else you were picking from a list of four but there yeah. were like 50 different facial hairs with hilarious names you know yeah the lincoln like the sput the sputnik yeah. and all these like, different things the, the other ladies great. man the man's man the man's man. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, that, that's one thing I want to say right off rip is that this game's good at making you laugh. Like the writing in it is is quite good. Um, some of the quest like uh, dialogue options and things like that, they're gonna make you giggle for sure. Uh, also, this game is also scary as shit. Have either of you been scared yet? No. I, I'm gonna be honest. Skulking around in a couple of like kind of ruinedish areas and hearing like red scorpions or the first time a super mutant popped up at me, and I'm like, oh, that guy is way too big. That's just a lot. See, I haven't seen anything like that yet, as like, far as like the freak mutations. Like the things I've seen have obviously been like the rad roaches and then the um, naked mole rats. <laughs> yeah, the, and then, like, the big the, mole yeah, rats, vicious and dog the and enemies like that, and stuff like that. So I haven't seen anything that's like too out of this world disgusting or anything. Wait till you see a centaur. Those things are out of fucking like HR Geiger's nightmare. Like, ugh, like they're creepy as fuck. So my, I have had plenty of times in this game already where I was been far more scared than I was playing Blair Witch at all. Um, and I know we keep harping back on that, and it's just—it's the <laughs> it point of reference we have right now. <laughs> it's a joke now, yeah. <clears throat> But it's like the one horror game we did do that was supposed to be a horror game and not just horror slash something. But I, I feel like the horror in this game comes from like the the isolation and the unknown. Like yeah. you're in like so say you find an abandoned vault. Like I haven't found one yet. I know there are, but I haven't found one. So say you found one, but like, you're wandering around and you're like, what the fuck is in here? You know what I mean? Because you can hear things moving around, especially if you're like wearing your your headphones and stuff. Like it's really good audio quality. And you turn a corner, and there might be a fucking ghoul there. There might be a super mutant there. And it, um, if you're not sneaking around, and they can hear you, and then you gotta hide, and you might, you know, be low on ammo, and it's like, oh shit, what am I gonna do? Or uh, you might be low on health if you're a melee build, uh, and you're like, fuck, like, uh, this is gonna get hairy. Like, there's this game has a good way of introducing fear in different ways, I suppose. Like, there are some jump scares, but they're not intentional jump scares. It's just, like, you'll just be standing there, and all of a sudden, a fucking enemy will walk around the corner, be right in your face, and you'll be like, yeah! Ah, yeah. Fuck! Where did that come from? <laughs> you immediately go into vats, just so you can gain your composure. You're just like, oh. Which? Nice for you to have that reflex, because uh, I keep forgetting vats mm, exist. I use it a lot. Like, I even use it against, not... like, the little baby crap monsters, like the naked mole rat. <laughs> uh... I was gonna ask you guys, um, how how did how did you feel about Vats if you use it much? It's very helpful in three. Uh, I feel like as the series progressed, Vats became less useful. Um, 
I feel like it's helped against human type enemies like uh, raiders and uh, super mutants and stuff. I've enjoyed using it, but like, um, I don't know what I'm supposed to be attacking on, like a red scorpion, for instance. So it's just like I'll just hit the highest percentage. That's, that's all I, I ever do is I shoot at whatever's got the highest percentage. Okay, um, cool. At least on those, like on humans, I try to aim for the head. Or yeah. um, fun tip for both of you when you're fighting super mutants, like say one's got a rocket launcher or a minigun or something like that. Oh, aim for the weapon hand? Shoot them in the arms. Yeah, shoot them in the arms. It'll cripple yeah. their arm, and they'll drop their weapon. They can't use it anymore. Good. And they'll have to pull out a one-handed weapon, or they'll come up and try to just fist fight you, and then you can just take a shotgun and introduce their head to the sky. Yeah, I ran into one with a missile launcher, and once he was too close that he felt like he couldn't missile anymore, he was actually kind of feeble hand-to-hand. Just kind of beat him to death with a lead pipe. Man, you yeah. also now, have a lot more extensive combat experience in this game than me, because, like... <laughs> I guess the way that I approached the game when I first got into it was like, you were saying stats were very important and to spec into the things that you think you'd enjoy to use the most more so than anything else. So I've, like, whenever, beginning of the game, you know, we were doing, where you do that little kid book thing and it lets you pick all your stats and then you do the goat exam and it gives you, like, what your goat job is and it lets you pick, like, your areas of expertise or whatever if you go talk to the teacher. So, like, I decided pretty early on, like, I wanted to go with a melee type build, so I specced into melee, speech, and explosives, and I haven't really had any explosives to play with yet, it's one problem, but I'm starting to think that I need to, like, I can, when I level up or something, start specking into a long-ranged weapon, because just running into, like, some of the, um, just other humans shooting at you, I, I just yeah. felt like there was nothing I could do to stop from getting killed in those situations. Yeah, I'm using a lot of small guns, but I'm also noticing I run out of ammo pretty easily, so I think it's never going to be fully easy. Right, but I'm just trying to see, like, what is the strategy as far as, you know, combat, because that's something I've been struggling with so far, because I just run up and hit people with my baseball bat, but that only works so much. Yeah, so I spec into small guns, um, which basically affects everything normal. Um, Pistols, uh, rifles shotguns that kind of thing they're all considered small guns um you have your choices though you have small guns you have explosives you have unarmed melee energy energy weapons and big guns um i my recommendation always goes to small guns um because you're going to find a lot more of those than you would oppose to the other ones until you start dealing with the enclave and stuff and that's when you're going to start finding energy weapons um yeah, but like, if you run into human raiders, they tend to be dropping a lot of ammunition and damaged but usable weapons in the small So am I kind of screwed also... with the way I built my character out in the beginning? No. Not really. No, no, uh, the, I... the things you chose in the beginning just give you a boost to those stats in the beginning. Yeah, you can still okay. use a small gun, too. It's not like there's anything keeping you from shooting things with a pistol. You'll um, just be a little worse at it than someone with 15 more points. As far as specking, since you guys are still low level, um... The perk system. Mm-hmm. There's gonna there's gonna be yeah. some perks that you're gonna want to keep your eyes out for. Um, there's one I don't remember the name of it. And I don't remember the requirements for it. But if it pops up, it might be like, not comprehension. That's for. There's one called called comprehension that you'll want to take eventually. That every time you read a skill book, it'll give you two points instead of just one. Um, but there's another one that you can take it three times, and each time it gives you a ten percent experience bonus. So you can end up getting 30% more experience. That's why I'm like level 15 already is because I have those three Um, plus some other ones. But like there's stats like like Nate, 
Uh, there's one called Gun Nut, I believe, that will give you bonuses towards small guns and repair. And um, that's really yeah. imp- two important I've... skills, so it would boost that up for you, okay. almost like if you would have clicked them in the beginning. It's literally what I've taken every level so far. I've got two levels in Gun Nut. <laughs> and then there's a couple other uh, ones that'll pop up that are that are very helpful. Um, like, uh, say... Like there, I know there's one that make, makes melee weapons do more damage, so like every time you swing your bat, it'll do more damage. If you're swinging a bat, you know, or a knife, whatever your melee weapon choice might be. But then there's also ones that like, you know, I think it's called Commando, where like your rifle shots do more. Um, but you said you use vats a lot, and there are skills that spec into making vats better, where like uh, every consecutive shot will make the percentage of hit go up, you know, oh. um... There's one that both of you should get. I always get it. It's called Mysterious Stranger. And it's a completely random chance. But when you're in vats and shooting at something, if you don't kill it, there's a percentage chance that this dude called the Mysterious Stranger will show up. And he's just like this guy in an overcoat and a hat and sunglasses. And he pulls out this pistol and shoots whatever you're shooting at and kills it in one shot. <laughs> Odin from Final Fantasy yeah, VIII. Basically. <laughs> it's basically. And it can come in handy. He, can, uh, he has saved my ass before. Um, but yeah, there's just a bunch of different perks that you could want to do. So don't feel like you're fucked because you're really early on and you're going to be able to put points wherever you want. So Yeah, so with that being said, I should still concentrate on just a few separate things, not try to evenly distribute things. So like say I want to be able to do melee, small guns, speech, and explosives. Those should probably be the four things that I really throw everything down into. Yeah, and but eventually, because uh, there's there's another perk that like will give you more points every time you like. So every time I level up, I get 21 skill points to distribute mm-hmm. instead well, of the 15 or whatever it is. I think starting off, um, and it's because I'm taking those perks, and I will dump them. Like my small guns is at 100 already because I was dumping points into it. Um, so you'll be able to max out a couple okay. and then start. Adjusting okay. other ones. Cool. Um, I would definitely recommend getting your repair up some, mm-hmm. your science up some, and your lock picking up some. Okay. Um, science is for getting into computers and hacking computers. Lock picking, obviously, like you know what that is. And then repair is like fixing your weapons right. when your weapons are getting ready to break. Um, okay, now that's that's all really helpful to know because like I was. Without having that knowledge, it starts to get frustrating when you're like, well, I'm really early in the game, but I just screw myself up so bad that I just need to restart or whatever, because I have had my frustrations with the game so far, but knowing that helps a lot. Yeah, yeah, and and not to metagame some, but there's a, a certain thing you have to do in Megaton that takes uh, some repair and uh, science. Disarming the bomb. Skill. Yeah, yeah. I was able to walk, walk in uh, there, and the dude's like, well, if you can go disarm that... Yeah. Uh, and I was able to just like walk over there and click it and disarm it because I already knew that so my skills were already like where they needed to be nice. <laughs> getting getting back to it uh, we when you're when you're coming into the vault uh, after you've created your character and you it's your I think it's your 10th birthday I believe it's your 10th birthday that you're having uh, yeah. and you're at the party and everything the old lady there's a reference so but one of the things Bethesda likes to do is reference its other games in their games and Old lady bakes you a sweet roll. Oh yeah, I, did I didn't even think about that. <laughs> now, when it got put into my inventory, I already knew what was coming, 
So I went into my inventory and ate that motherfucker. Oh shit! What happened? So then? basically, there's a kid. I think it's Butch. Uh, starts mm-hmm. talking shit about how your party sucks. His party was better, but you wouldn't know because you weren't invited. Yeah. And then he's like, "Give me your sweet roll," and he tries to steal your sweet roll. Now this is a reference to in Elder Scrolls games when you walk by a guard, the guard will go, "Let me guess, someone stole your someone sweet roll." Stole your sweet roll. <laughs> so I just I thought it was fun. It was a nice little reference to Elder Scrolls. That's cool. um, I didn't even catch that, but I get it. <laughs> I told him I already ate it fuck off basically and he was like man you suck this party sucks and uh yeah the thing yeah, about living there so with hard. all like the teens and kids and everything there wasn't like a single redeemable one of them everybody was a jerk and a total wide you know yeah the overseer's daughter yeah, she was, was kind of right. nice yeah she, she's like your friend you know what i mean like she's the sayori of the the party but like rude Everyone else, though, was nice, though, or not nice at all. Like, every single other person, like, they ended up forming a little street gang they call the Tunnel Snakes, and, like, which, the, even your entire birthday party, they're sitting there thinking up cool names for yeah. their stupid street gang. Their stupid street gang that's and in all a of them sucked vault it. with only a so many limited number of people. <laughs> yeah. I want to know where they got yeah, their leather so- jackets, but yeah, continue. And then, yeah, yeah it, it just ages you up a couple more times, you do it test to find out what your uh, aptitude role in is in the vault and throughout the kind of thing you kind of get the impression that the vault overseer is kind of a super strict hard ass who's kind of uh maybe a little high on his own supply in terms of i am the protection of this whole group I, i'm the one guy who makes everyone safe and yeah, um, the, the the last question on the uh the goat gives that away yeah. when the teacher sighs before he reads yeah. it even the teacher is frustrated with it <laughs> He reads it out. The last question is like, who was the glorious and want most wonderful leader? It was like some very like China esque yeah, shit. Mal. And <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, who, who Winnie the Pooh? Is that what you said, Winnie the Pooh? Yeah, that guy. He uh, <laughs> he <laughs> canceled. We're not allowed in China anymore. Um, Dang, I lost my train of thought. Now, oh, um, he reads out. Yeah, like, who, who is the most important person in the vault who protects us all and makes sure none of us come to harm? And then it's a, the whole exam's in multiple choice, and all four answers on that question are just the overseer. Yes, the overseer. And I even checked. I, like, I kept hitting down to see if there was a hidden fifth <laughs> choice or something, but there wasn't. No, straight up, that was the only. I hit the fourth overseer on that one to protest. I like how at the end of it, though, it gave you... This is how, this is how I feel voting in American <laughs> politics, by the way. I like how at the end of it, though, it kind of was, like, counted as your career aptitude test is what it was, and, like... I think two of us got the same thing, which was making me wonder if it was the same thing for everybody, but thank God one of us got something different. But I think it was me and Dalton who both got marriage yeah. counselor. Yep. Vault marriage counselor. I got the one that sounded the worst to me, which is like vault loyalty enforcer. Like, no guys, I'm kind of an anarchist. <laughs> I'm definitely not playing this game, y'all. Yeah. It, and what's funny is that it, when you go in there and the guy's like, all right, it's time to take your test. You can just be like, this test doesn't mean shit, dude, yeah. does it? And he could be like, no, you need to take it. And then you could be like, no, I don't want to. Just but like, really, this test is kind of bullshit. Right, and he'll bro? be like, yeah, you know what it is. Here you go. And you could just pick your shit and move on. Like, you don't even have to take a test. Uh, but I think, I don't know, it adds to the game to me is to take the little test. Yeah, even when you talk to him, though, like after the test, he's like, you kind of can joke with him about like, so did you end up getting stuck in this shit job because you didn't take the test seriously either? And he's like, eh, that's pretty much more accurate than you might think. <laughs> Which, I don't know, I enjoyed that. I think that 
uh, one of the strengths I think this game really had over uh, Skyrim, which is a game that runs on basically an iteration of this engine over a long period of time, is uh, the dialogue trees really do feel like I'm making... uh, I don't know, like exclusive decisions rather than just asking three questions and saying yeah, yes I'll or no. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I'll say you what know? you do in this game definitely feels like it matters a little bit more than what you do in Skyrim. And and I feel like with a lot less information too, like you're definitely making decisions like, I don't know what's going on, but I hope I'm finding the narrative and here. And that's, that's something that you'll hear me complain about as Bethesda went on, you know, and there was... Fall, like especially Fallout 4. That's why you'll hear me say that Fallout 4 is a way better first-person shooter than it is an RPG, because it's like you make all these choices, but in the in the end, it's like Deus Ex Machina. The shit's gonna happen. Yeah. And you you might have one or two choices, whereas in these old games, you can literally shape the world space with your your choices and like the way that these different factions deal with you, whether they're gonna shoot you on sight or they're going to be your friend you can't befriend everyone you know what i mean like there if there's two factions that hate each other you can't just be cool with both of them it doesn't fucking work like that and whereas like in skyrim for instance in in morrowind um you could join the fighters guild the mages guild or the thieves guild and i think there was one other one maybe the morag tong or something but like you could only you could only join one in oblivion um you could do them all and in Skyrim, obviously, you can yeah. do them all. And, like, that's the thing is, like, it's kind of gotten to where you... They've gotten where you can just become these super-powered uh, jack-of-all-trades, jack of master-of-all-trades in the newer games. Yeah. Whereas in these older ones, like, especially in, like, Fallout 3 and, and Morrowind, you have to... That's what I was telling you. Like, you know, kind of figure your character out and spec into that, then worry about other stuff because it's going to matter you know in even like speech checks like there's things that if your speech isn't high enough that like you're not going to be able to pass speech checks so there might be things that you miss out on because of that but in that instance you might have a higher say sneak skill so you might go and steal something that's way better than something that somebody could have gotten from a speech check yada 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 back and forth it's just it adds replayability to the game yeah and i've noticed in my playthrough already that like my speech like there's like percentages that show up that are essentially you know you could tell that if your speech was higher you'd be better at this or whatever and so it's pretty pretty cool being someone with a high speech talking to somebody and seeing that little percent come up and being like oh yeah (laughs) i got this in the bag what's really depressing is when you have one that's like 98 percent and you click it and it fails and you're like (laughs) Oh. Yes. <laughs> the speech checks in the game seem to be one-time lockouts, too. So, like, I feel like a lot of times I should just leave dialogue trees if I get a speech check option. Because it's, like, 30%. But maybe one day... Oh, not even quick save. Just uh, come back to uh, it later when I feel, like, more confident. I was going to say, you can always save uh, scum until you pass it. <laughs> I don't feel like that's how I'm playing the game this time. I'm, I'm just going to do it. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I know. But, like, I feel like my character's archetype what i'm feeling right now is that he's uh kind of doing favors for people but with the expectation that people are going to owe him back one day you know so like he's he's a high karma good guy but um he's definitely going to be listening to people and figuring out who he thinks is and isn't bullshitting him and then the ones that aren't are the ones he's going to basically try yeah, to Yeah the way i'm kind of playing mine's kind of like a dumb jock good old boy but <laughs> love it but doesn't really like authority too much <laughs> Nice. That's a good one too. I like so you're that. like, uh, you're very um, from a, the Dukes of Hazard. I was thinking Stan from American Dad. If he didn't work for the government, <laughs> he literally works for the government. I was for... saying if he didn't work for the government, like then 
He works for the Song yeah, So I'm definitely going to be anti Enclave through this entire playthrough. <laughs> yeah, because I already get the idea that they're basically the ancestors of people who worship American symbolism without understanding the values. I mean, you, you get know? that. Like, yeah. not to move too far forward, because I still want to talk about more stuff in the um, vault. Yeah, but you get that literally the first conversation someone yeah, has. Yeah, because there's a character, and I'm so upset but that his name is Nathan. <laughs> Nathan, yo. But uh, so okay, let, okay. let's go back to the vault because we get, we got the begin the, the beginning of the vault. You're born in the vault. You 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 were born here. You're told you will always live here. No one leaves. No one comes in. Whatever. Then uh, on what's your 16th birthday? I think after like six years after what ha- that happens, then we get to the last major vault thing. And so what happens this time is um uh the your friend um i've already forgotten the character's name because i'm a terrible person but the overseer's daughter comes waking you up out of nowhere and is basically telling you like hey something's going on you got to get up real quick and as it turns out they um your father has up and left the vault and people are dead because uh the overseer did not take this very nicely yeah another eye for you so she's like take this pistol and get out of here and like i i was the nice guy i was like all right, so, like, I won't use this pistol unless I have to. And she was like, good, I'm glad to hear that. Um, So there are two or three different things that happen as you're leaving. Um, One that I forgot to do is that she ends up in some trouble. um, And you can either save her or just keep on keeping on. And I kept on on keeping on because I didn't see her. Yeah. yeah, I didn't see that either, but she showed up at the end. Yeah, so. and I did apologize to her at the end. I was like, look, you told me you wanted me to leave, like, so I was leaving. Like, I didn't she, see she's her like, all right. I, oh, oh, she wow. might have died in your game. <laughs> like, legit. Whoops. Uh, were, <laughs> were you approached by Butch? Yup. I'll tell you about you, my did, uh, experience with Butch. So, yeah. Butch came, comes up to me and is like, uh... Man, you gotta help my mom's man. My mom's being attacked by these rare roaches, and I was like, "Okay, so go deal with it." It's like, "No, I can't. It's dark, and they're frad roaches." I'm like, "You're scared of the dark?" And he's like, "Mostly just the roaches." And so I'm like, "All right, I'll go save your mom." So I go back there, and yeah, I kill all the rad roaches, save her, save her mom, save his mom. And then he's like, oh, thanks, man. You're the best friend I ever had. And I'm still mad about my 10th birthday. So I beat him to death with a baseball bat in front of his mom and steal his jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. that's You know he gives you the jacket, right? Who's going to give you the jacket? I got it the way I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Total six rule. I was was feeling some kind of way about him, dude. (laughs) One of the first times I played, I told him, like, yeah, I'll save your mom. And then he ran off. <laughs> and I was like, where'd he go? So, like, his mom died because I was just like, ah, I don't know where the fuck he went. And uh, But now yeah, nowadays, I just, like, chased him down and found her and then killed him. And he's like, dude, thank you so much. Oh, my God. I owe you. Here, here take this. And he gives you the Tunnel Snakes jacket and everything. And then, uh, and then, he fuck, then he fucks off. And I don't even know if you ever see him again. But I have no regrets. Uh, <laughs> you, you make your way out of the vault and, like, so what was y'all's first like impression being introduced to the world space? Like when you left the vault and you were like, "Oh fuck, this is this is what it looks like now, huh?" Like You're not going to like my answer. Okay. Save and quit. <laughs> uh, um literally, I saw that I'm like, I have no idea where I'm going next. Nope. <laughs> have, 
so that's the end of day three of me owning this game. Game day one, we couldn't get it installed and working. Day two, we got it installed and working, but I was tired of messing with it. Day three, got out of the tutorial and left. So, so I did no. kind of wander around a little bit when I got out, and I was just kind of like, not too inspired by the landscape, you know, because it looks like what you'd expect after a Fallout type of situation. So it was like nothing shocked me about it, but it was pretty. Yeah, at that point, you wouldn't have got to, like, DC landmarks no. and stuff. And so, in, like, the first place it's really easy to see coming out is um, Megaton City. So, like, you're kind of just mm-hmm. drawn to go there first and foremost, which I think Med- Megaton City is pretty cool. But, like, as far as yeah. the overworld, even what I've seen so far, I haven't really been super, like, yeah, this is cool. It's just been kind of, like, it just kind of looks like generic desert at the point at this point. Yeah. I think you should do uh, Moira's mission because it will actually take you into something that looks a little bit more like the outskirts okay. of Washington itself. There is going to be... Uh, so one of my gripes with this game, and it's only because of its age, they had to do it to uh, help, probably help with world space loading and such, is that like when you get into D.C., the different areas of D.C. are sectioned off by metro tunnels. So like... You're going to be going through metro tunnels a lot mm. to get a, get around the inside DC itself. Um, I didn't get that far yet, but I did feel like I had more of a feeling of this is the ruins of the real world inside of uh, the first area you go, the the supermarket that she sends you to, compared to if you go on the mission that um, Rose Rosa, uh, somewhat the the lady that sends you off to uh, Arifo. Oh, Arifu. Lucy, like. Lucy, damn, I'm bad at so, names. So, um, Lucy West, yeah. Lucy West. Uh, she sends you off to. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No. Go um, ahead. Lucy West. Uh, not to give away too much of what that quest has to do with, but she, her name is an Easter egg. She is based on Lucy Westera, who was, I believe, the best friend of someone in the Dracula story. Oh. Uh, huh. Yeah, yeah. That's Mina Harper. Yeah. Because a couple of the names have been literary. The bartender in Megaton is called Colin Mori- yeah. uh, Moriarty. Mm-hmm. When you get your uh, when you get the house in Megaton, your but your butler's name is Wadsworth. Nice. Which is also I already that is not even a spoiler because I saw there was a house that's literally yeah. called Empty House in the city. Yeah. So I figured that that is like the White yeah. Run Thane House. Yeah, you know, pretty much. Yeah, once you once you do some things in the city, the uh, the deputy dude will give you the key to that house if I remember correctly. So that's um, good to know because I've had some interesting run-ins in Megaton, which is like where basically my whole experience has been since we've played. So like obviously you talk to the sheriff guy when you get in there. But there's this guy <laughs> in the bar. Um, I think his name was Mr. Burke. And you go talk to him and he propositions hmm. you about blowing up the bomb in the center of the city, basically just taking Megaton off the map. So like, like I said, I'm good old boy dumb jock i'm like well i'm gonna go tell the sheriff <laughs> and so i've done this twice now because it's my game's been kind of weird but like i took him up there i told him about it and he was like oh i'll show him justice how we do it in megaton so he runs up and goes to arrest the dude right and so and i saw this coming a mile away i'm like why are you stupid but the sheriff's like all right you're coming with me and finally gets mr burke to come with he turns around and of course mr burke shoots him in the back until he's dead and so I beat him to death. With the, so I beat him Jeez. to death with a baseball bat because that's kind of my mo. <laughs> <laughs> so I I, oh, I did about eighty percent of that. I'm gonna be honest with you. I literally all told the sheriff about it. He's like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Well, he might have been kidding." 
And then he did oh, ten I said, yeah, let's go. Let's like, go we're gonna go get him. Let's so go get him. So, like, I kind of had to reload my game from there because I died, and I just like, well, I don't want the sheriff to be dead, so I'm just gonna rewind back past the point. It's yeah, that, that's so. Arby's wondering, I'm like, well, what if I just go up there and just kill Mister Burke before he gets arrested? <laughs> I've thought about that too. Like, I've never thought of just what if I, I've been looking at NPCs and just like. You know, this Moriarty guy is holding a lot of secrets. What if I just fucking ice this guy? And, like, I'm starting to think that in this game, that might be a viable thing if you can do the hacking and the cleanup and stuff. Just remember, uh, some NPCs are essential, so you can't kill them. Um, But, but, you're starting to see the beauty of this game is that there are multiple ways that you can go about things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, when I walked in there, I told you my stats were already ready to go. And I walked up to the bomb, defused that motherfucker, and that was it. And Mr. Burke approached me, and he said, you son of a bitch. He's like, weeks, weeks of watching and waiting for nothing. And all this stuff, and he just like talked a bunch of shit, and he left. Now, would you guys like to hear the other side of that quest? Because I have done it from the other side, where I have blown Megaton up. That was what I did on PS3. Yeah, let's hear it. Huh. Yeah, because so, I'm, I'm definitely yeah, going to be on the preserving Megaton like drip. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So especially because I got the impression that the that Burke was either a rich asshole or a fed. And either way, I don't like him. So I kind of wanted to not do his job. So he works for a man named Alistair Tenpenny. And uh, Alistair Tenpenny is the leader of Tenpenny Tower. Tenpenny Tower is this place that you'll find eventually, I promise. It's a giant fucking tower in the middle of nowhere. And you can go inside, and there's like a bunch of rich, rich people and stuff that live there. Can I can I bring a nuclear <laughs> bomb to there? Um, you know what? Don't tell me. Don't tell so me. So when you side with him, he thinks Megaton is an eyesore because out his balcony, where he stays at the very top of his tower, he can see Megaton and he doesn't like it. And I think there's like some other trade stuff. I don't particularly remember all of the things from the quest, but yeah, you go in there and you tell the guys in Megaton that you are going to fix the bomb and you rig it to explode. Then you go back to Tenpenny Tower and get up on the balcony with Tenpenny and watch in the distance as this mushroom cloud goes <laughs> off. Boom! And then Megat- Megaton is hey. no more. And then and then he gives you a place to stay in Tenpenny Tower. That has to be like the evil now, route to go down. <laughs> n- now... I went in more, even more so evil route where in, in my PS3 run... Now, I'm not like I said, I'm not doing this this run. This was all back in the day on PS3. Um, once I did that, you could actually kill everybody who's in Tenpenny Tower. Every person that's in there, you can kill them. They won't respond. Um, so I went on a murder rampage and killed everybody in the tower and then had this big, massive tower as my fucking player home. Like... Nice. I could go in any of the rooms. It was a big, lonely existence, but, like, dude, I had so much room for space and activities and storage and shit. Like, it was it was rad. But, yeah, that's the other that's the other direction that you can take is that, yeah, you can blow Megaton up for Mr. Tenpenny. But uh, you guys are going to end up coming into coming into contact with Tenpenny regardless. Uh, there's a few different quests that interact with him. Cool. Depending on who you side with. Um, neither of you have really delved into the ruins yet, mm-hmm. right? The DC ruins? Yeah. Not, not, I'm level two. Yeah, once you guys start delving in there and, and roaming around, I found like one. Tr- I found one metro station. That's about it. So if you go into that metro station, it will lead you into the ruins. Like eventually, when you come out, because that's like I said, that's how you get around in the 
the the city itself is the metro stations and stuff um the museum of history is an interesting place to visit and that's all i'll say uh i i don't dude there's a town as soon as so there's a town called andale anyone who's listening who's played fallout 3 you know exactly what the fuck i'm talking about by the name that i just said andale um i came upon it immediately remembered what the fuck this place was and smiled and put a note about it uh but since neither of you have encountered it i really i'm not i don't think i want to bring it up because it's such a genuine like oh what the fuck thing so just i'll say just i think that's a good idea because like we definitely look out. have those surprises coming our way like yeah for sure so i think that unless there's something else y'all have i think it's be a good point to talk about wrap up our first impressions and how we're feeling about what we've seen so far I mean, I know this isn't your first impression, Dalton, but more so. Oh no, no, no! It's definitely else. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's, that's what I was gonna say. Is like basically, is just just keep that name in mind. And Dale, that's got all. it. Um, but yeah, I would say that this is a pretty good spot to wrap up. Um, if you do, either of you have anything else to contribute, like things that jumped out at you, um, maybe like some advice that you want for a particular. Just one thing I'm noticing is um, so far it seems like there's a whole lot of stuff that's gated behind like you need to juice this stat like a lot of stuff that says you need more science to hack this computer you need more lock picking to pick this lock you need more repair to fix the pipes in towns all those little mm-hmm. things and so it's like I don't know right now I feel like my character is such an absolute baby that I don't know if I should be doing anything other than just going around you know yeah so uh, my recommendation for that is like uh, since both of you guys are a little, like still low level, um, you're going to benefit from kind of just roaming around, checking stuff out, and killing enemies, okay. and passing like say speech checks and things like that because it's going to give you little bits of experience. It's going to slowly add up. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, and I think. Oh. I'm also a little worried about ammo scarcity too, because I don't feel like I'm making money fast enough to buy more ammo for my weaponry. I feel like I'm accumulating rads really rapidly now that i've been trying to heal you know so like um i don't know is this ammo gets easier when you start coming across more vendors um more wandering caravans and stuff like that um just start looting different things uh start trying to evaluate how much the thing weighs versus how much it sells for you know what i mean I did find some uh, cigarette cartons, which seems like it might that's, be a nice. Th- that's resale a good resell. Yeah, people people will pay out the ass for cigarettes, as we know from society nowadays. Um, get get all the shit you can, and just almost look at it like bartering. Like, say you pick up fifty of this, say energy cells, but you don't have an energy weapon. But like now you have this ammo, but you're not expected to energy weapons. You're not going to use energy weapons, so sell that to the vendor, and then if the vendor's got some shotgun shells. You know, get that and kind of use it as a, a buy and tr- like a buy and sell trade almost type thing. And All right, so I should be thinking more like a, a scavenger trying to survive. Absolutely, of like a grand hero. absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Uh, at least until you start getting some levels under your belt, and then like once you start getting up into the levels, there's like a perk called scavenger where you find more bottle caps. Uh, there's another one where you find more ammo and containers than normal. You know, there's there's different things that help along along the way. It's just you got to get your feet wet, get out there. Uh, gotcha. Get a couple teardrops tattooed. Get you some murders in, and <laughs> you'll be you'll be right on the right path, dudes. We forgot one crucial thing in this episode. Huh. We forgot the obligatory Wikipedia bullshit. 
I feel that anyone who doesn't know what the video game Fallout 3 <laughs> is and hasn't worked out that it's an RPG by Bethesda but, Software, the sequel to the isometric RPGs Fallout 1 and 2, is going to feel a little ridiculous at this well, point. Well, I will say that there was one interesting thing that I didn't know, and that's oh, yes, Fallout 3 started as Project Van Buren by Black Isle Studios, and it was going to be another isometric Fallout. But then Interplay went bankrupt, Bethesda took over, and they turned Fallout 3 into what it is now. So I just thought that was really cool. That so what came of Project Van Buren, nothing. though? Uh, uh, they so it's kind of like the original Duke Nukem Forever or Doom 2000 or whatever. Yeah, I'll read you what the, uh, I'll read you the Van Buren Wikipedia, since that's a little more obscure. Uh, it was the code name given to what would have been Fallout 3, a role-playing video game that was developed by Black Isle Studios before the parent company, Interplay Entertainment, went bankrupt. This resulted in the company shutting down Black Isle Studios, which in turn laid off the PC development team on December 8th, 2003, effectively canceling the game. Uh, Van Buren was set to carry on the Fallout series, but was not a sequel to Fallout 2. An official Fallout 3, unrelated to the abandoned Van Buren project, was developed by Bethesda Game Studios. See here for Fallout 3. <laughs> and well, and then we here we are. Um, but several Black Isle staff members went on to form Obsidian Entertainment. Wait a minute. And many themes, factions, character, and characters from Van Buren were incorporated into Obsidian's Fallout New Vegas. That's what I was hoping the end of that story would be. That's fantastic. Yeah. Nice. Good to hear. So, I think that's pretty cool. That's why, like, I'm always, like, when I see an Obsidian game, I'm like, yeah, those guys know how to write. So, I'm always all in. Obsidian's good shit. But, yeah, man. Uh, I think that'll, we'll, we'll, we'll end it there. And uh, the next week, next week we'll be doing some uh, Dukas Nukemus, and uh, that should be hopefully relatively fun or entertaining. I don't know; it's a Duke Nukem game I've never played before, so I don't even know if it's a three, uh, third person, first person. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that's one of the FPS uh, expansions. Hmm. It's not like one of the 2D ones before Duke Nukem 3D. Word. Well, I will say this: if it, uh, if I can't get it to work, you just want to do Downwell. <laughs> man I, I hope we can get it to work but uh i wouldn't yeah, we'll figure something out we'll figure something out because uh yeah we'll, we'll talk about it off air so anyways uh if you would like to support the show you can go to patreon.com slash steam machine podcast go over there donate a dollar you get the show early and you get to hear our uh, extra bullshit in the beginning before we s- let the music play as that one band says whoa whoa uh, if you want to, there's a merch link. You want to go get some merch. You want to get a nice uh, t-shirt with the Steam Machine podcast logo on there. You can. Um, there will be an updated shirt I need to do tomorrow, if I remember. Um, put up the the new logo uh, on a shirt up there. And I'm, I'm thinking about, oh, nice. thinking about doing yeah. some album covers, like just from my music as shirts. Cool. And throwing them up there too. Why not? Make it a one-stop shop for anything d money as they call me at work for some reason <laughs> um <laughs> and uh yeah man so there's also links on the website steammachinepodcast.wordpress.com where you could find our twitch channels and the most active one of the three of us is nate so nate go ahead and plug your twitch stuff my sir yeah you can find me on twitch and twitter at um turtle bear man it's the handle uh stream retro video games for the most part uh Mostly NES. Haven't played some Super Nintendo games lately. Gonna get to Genesis soon. We'll get there. But yeah, it's a good time. Come hang out and have fun. 
Yeah, it's been a big boon for the channel that hasn't quite come out yet, but I found a couple of uh, old 16-bit games laying around uh, my parents' house a couple months ago or and gave them to Nate, and I don't think he streamed any of them yet, but man, there's going to be a few extra ones in there. I know he's looking forward to future streams such as Super Castlevania 4. Yeah. I don't want to spoil all of them, but there's some cool stuff in I there. I know, uh, and you've got, your, you've got your few that I bug you to stream yeah. eventually. <laughs> eventually. Uh, just... Just because I want to see somebody else try to play some of these games that I played growing up, like, like I have one, the Wrath of the Black Mana. Damn, that game's hard. <laughs> you know, just like things like that. I'm just like, uh, it'll be, it would be interesting to watch somebody else try to play them when they used to kick my absolute ass when I was younger. Uh, let's see what else. I, I, I remember, I remember the Patreon. I remember the website. I remember the Twitch stuff. Uh. We should throw the Discord. It's on the uh, it's on the WordPress, but I should remind everyone that the Discord is where we vote for the next game that's going to be played. Um, currently, the upcoming game is going to be Duke Nukem Manhattan Project, and we're going to be on Fallout 3 for at least one more episode, so the next vote may not come up anytime soon, but um, still worth hanging out. We have a bunch of fun channels. We got... You can send your favorite quotes from games and screenshots from games. You can just chat with us. Recently, we've been talking a lot about our experiences with Fallout 3, but also um, you know, the voice acting in it. Some and, No Man's um, Sky. Like We were talking about the 50th anniversary of No Man's Sky. Yeah. Which, God, I love that game. Um, also, uh, there is the short game poll as well. So like you will get to vote on the games like in between when we're doing the long games. Uh, so that that's another another pool you can dip your toes into if that's your type of thing um yeah come join the discord man we'd, we'd love to i think the the most recent join was dark aries still um after after him or her they uh i don't know so they um we did have one join so if you want to be cool like that bot, bot that oh, tried no. to sell us essay writing <laughs> come on and come on and join the discord uh i that was the most random shit to me. Listen, essay bot, you and me can put 500 words against one another. I'll come out on top. I am the cream of the crop. I can kick your ass, essay. <laughs> hey, essay, I kick your ass, Eddie Guerrero. Whoop it. Oh, God, I love Eddie. I've been watching that lately. That, that lie, cheat, and steal. China. Mamacita. Like, oh, it's good, such good shit. Huh. Man, Eddie, you know, I, I loved him in WCW, but he really, truly came into his own at the top of the card in the WWE. Can't even argue that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, let's see. Oh, iTunes reviews. I would love if you would go over to iTunes and leave the show a little rinky-dink five-star review. That'd be great. Uh, we're sitting at nine five-star reviews, and uh, I appreciate the nine people who have done that. Now, if we could get about, I don't know, 100,000 more, <laughs> that'd be cool. But if we could start. By getting one or two more, and if you would like to go over there and throw us a five star review, let us know like what you think of the show. You got any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that? You can either like leave them in the review, uh, hit us up on the social medias. You know, you can just go to Facebook or Twitter. Um, I think it's on Twitter. It's Steam underscore podcast. You can tweet us there, or on Facebook, you just search the Steam Machine podcast. We pop up. Send us a message. You know, if you've got questions, comments, concerns about our mental health, anything like that. Anything that you need to talk about, even if you just want to message us and be like, yo, is this game on the list? If not, can I recommend that maybe you check out? And dude, if, if you've got recommendations, I will gladly look into it. And if it's, it's like something that I think that we would enjoy, dude, I'll fucking chuck it up on the list, man. It doesn't matter to me. I, uh, We're here to please. We're here to have fun and we're here to please. Kind of like having sex. It's great. We're like sex for your ears podcast. Yay. That, that should be on a shirt. 
Sex for Your Ears podcast. Yay. You can wear that Just one. That, yeah. <laughs> I will. I will. In bright, bright yellow and like red font, like straight Hulkamania. But <laughs> anyways, I'm rambling. Is there anything else that we need to plug, gentlemen? All oh, right. Good. Next week's <laughs> Duke Nukem, and then we'll after that we'll be back into uh, delving into deeper into some Fallout, into the Capital Wasteland. So, all right, I think that about does it. Uh, they are the brothers of destruction, William and Nate, my good buddies. My name is Dalton. War never changes. Take it easy.